Amen. Good job, guys. Thank you very much. Hey, happy Resurrection Day. Glad that you're with us this morning and celebrating our risen Savior. We serve a risen Savior. Isn't that good? Amen. Hey, listen, I want to talk to you this morning about the resurrection life. Thank you. The resurrection life. If you have your Bible, I want you to go to Matthew chapter 27. See, we live this life by faith. Amen. We live by faith and not by sight. Are you awake this morning? We live by faith in the Son of God, not by what we see. See, a lot of people have trouble with this faith thing. They've got a trouble. How do, how do I live by faith? We use faith every single day. Did you know that this morning, ladies, when you got up and plugged in your hair dryer, how does that work? How does electricity live inside your walls? I don't understand it. I can't fully explain it. Pastor Jim could come and talk to you for two hours. I still don't get how it all works, how you put it all together. I just know it works. I don't know how when I get in my car, see, I, when I get in my car in the morning and I turn that key, you still got a key? Some, or the, the buttons? Whatever you do, you push the button and the car starts up. You can't, there's a lot of things going on that you can't see. You got, you got things happening there in the battery providing electricity. You got, you got the spark plugs are firing, the fuel injectors shooting the fuel. You got all these things happening. You can't see it. Most of you don't care anything about it as long as it works. If it works, I'm happy. I don't care how it works. I just want it to work. See, there's things going on I can't see, but I trust it. I trust that it's going to do what it's supposed to do. That's how faith is. I don't have to see it. I don't have, because if I see it, I'm not, that's not really faith. But I'm putting my faith in the word of God. I'm putting my faith in the son of God, what he did for me. And so this morning, see, I want you to understand something that we're living a life of faith. We're living a life of faith. That's how Jesus lived. He didn't live by what he could see. I want you to think about that for a minute. Jesus did not live by what he could see because if he lived by what he could see, he never would have gone to the cross. See, he was facing the same. The word of God says he faced every temptation like we face. Everything that you go through, every thought, every feeling that you have, he faced the same kind of things. So he was looking at the cross and in the natural, you'd want to say, why would I do that? That's going to be, it's going to be suffering. It's going to be pain. How do I know what's going to happen on the other side? But see, he put his faith in God. He put his trust in God. I know it's easy to say because it's Jesus. But listen, if he faced everything like we face, that means there was a temptation there to fear. It means there was a temptation to be afraid. It means there was a temptation to doubt. All those temptations could have come on him. But listen, he faced everything that he faced, not by what he could see. He faced it with faith. And that's how we're living our lives. We're living our lives in faith in what Jesus has done. I want to start here in Matthew chapter 27. And I want you to think about this for a moment from Jesus' perspective, what he went through on that cross. 
And I'm going to start at verse 27. It says, the governor's soldiers took Jesus. They gathered the whole company around him. They stripped him and dressed him in a scarlet military robe. And then as they mocked him, they twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head. They placed a reed in his right hand and they knelt down before him and mocked him, Hail, King of the Jews. Listen, when Jesus went through all this stuff, he knew everything that was coming, didn't he? He knew what was going to happen to him on that cross. In fact, he willingly laid down his life, didn't he? He said this, he said, nobody takes my life from me, but I lay it down. The devil did not win at the cross. The devil had nothing on Jesus. He couldn't stop Jesus. Jesus didn't go to the cross because the devil tricked him. Jesus willingly went to that cross. And he knew everything that was going to happen to him. Now listen, if you start getting, thinking about your natural circumstances, you can talk yourself right out of faith. Let me say that again. If you start thinking, because Jesus could have thought about all the things in the natural he was going to go through. He could have thought about the crown of thorns. He could have thought about the whipping and the beating he was going to take. He could have thought about how they were going to pierce his his hands and his feet, how they were going to leave him to die on that cross, naked and humiliated, mocked as people walk past. You could talk yourself right out of faith. Do you know that? Whatever you're going through today, you start dwelling on, you start meditating on your situation. You start meditating on what you're going through. You can talk yourself out of faith. But it takes faith to believe this word. It takes faith that says, I'm not going to look at what I can see. I'm going to look at what God said. Faith only lives in, in the future of what God said. It doesn't live in what I can see. So Jesus let himself get crucified. They took that crown of thorns and they twisted that thing together. Now listen, I want you to understand something because there's some things that happened to Jesus as he went to this cross that were, that were odd, we could say. They were out of the ordinary. This was not the normal thing you would do to someone who was going to be crucified to twist together a crown of thorns and put it on his head. This was, this was unique to Jesus. Why did they put together a crown of thorns? I want you to understand the meaning behind this because there's meaning to it. The thorns represent something. It represents the curse. You remember when Adam sinned and God said, okay, there's going to be thorns and there's going to be thistles growing out of the ground. And you go, you go ask somebody, you go look around, you, you realize something, nobody's planting thorns. You don't see anybody plant. Have you ever seen a crop of thorns? Nobody has thorn seeds. Those things just grow. They just come up out of the ground. Why? Because it's cursed. So what did they do? They took these, these thorns and they made a crown out of them and they put it on his head. Here's what it represented. When Jesus went to that cross, he was taking on the full curse of mankind. Right? It says that cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Jesus was hanging on that tree, taking the curse on him. Listen, I believe the devil was behind this, this thing, but he didn't know what he was doing. 
He had them put that crown of thorns on him to mock him. He didn't understand. See, he thought he was winning. He thought, ha ha, I tricked him. He thought, now I got the son of God. We're gonna, we're gonna really mess with him. We're gonna mock him. We're gonna beat him. We're gonna crucify him. He thought he was winning. They put that crown on his head. The devil didn't have a clue what was going on, but Jesus knew. He said, I'm taking the curse on myself for mankind. Now, thorns hurt. You ever get stuck by a thorn? My son, the other day, we were up hiking and we found some what are they, little cactuses that were growing on the ground. And, and, you know, you could see the big, you could see the big thorn sticking out of them, but he avoided those and he, he grabbed a hold of that cactus, but he didn't see all the tiny little hairs stuck all over his hand. I, and I did it the previous week too. And it was fun too. I just had to spend about an hour with the tweezers getting them all out, but they hurt and thorns hurt. Those things can hurt you, but Jesus willingly took everything on himself for you. Listen, we got some good news. We're getting to the good news. But hold on. But I want you to understand when Jesus took this, he took it for you. He took the curse for you so that the blessing could come on you. I want you to say this. Say, I'm blessed because of what Jesus did for me. The curse is removed from my life. See, listen, the curse kept things from working. The curse made things so it wouldn't work in your life. Because so, he told Adam, right? He, so, he told Adam, you're going to work by the sweat of your brow. You're going to live. In other words, you're going to work, and you're going to work, and you're going to work, and you're going to see very little fruit, if any, from your work. You're going to barely scratch by. That was the curse. Jesus took the curse. So now things in your life are supposed to work. Wow. Hey, that's good news this morning. That means your, your marriage, we're going to have marriage matters here in a couple of weeks. Your marriage is supposed to work. Jesus took the curse. See, in that curse, that curse encompassed every part of life. It included the marriage. There was going to be strife between Adam and Eve. There was going to be strife between their children. You see that, don't you? Cain and Abel, right from the beginning. All, every part of life was cursed. But now the blessings, the blessings here. That means my, my marriage works, my, my family works, my job is productive, I'm doing, my life works. It's put back together. He put Humpty Dumpty together again. Amen. So listen. Keep reading here with me. So they mocked him. They put that reed in his hand. They knelt down before him in verse 29. Hail, king of the Jews. And then they spit on him. Can you imagine? I don't want anybody to spit on me. And this is the son of God come down to earth. And these terrorists are spitting in his face. It says... They kept hitting him on the head. Now think about that for a minute. What's he got on his head? The thorns. So what are they doing? It's not that they're just smacking him around. They're, they're really adding insult to injury. But I understand this. He took it for you. They mocked him. Verse 31. They stripped him of his robe and put clothes on him and led, led him away. I want you to catch this now. 
They continued to mock him as he's hanging on the cross. I'm going to skip ahead to verse 43. And I want you to hear what they say because I feel like this is so demonic. The whole mocking of Jesus on the cross is just so demonic. You can almost hear the devil's words. Listen to what they say. I'll start at verse 38. Two criminals were crucified with him. Those who passed by were yelling insults at him, shaking their head. Verse 42, he saved others, but he can't save himself. If he's the king of Israel, let him come down now from the cross, and then we'll believe in him. Listen to verse 43. He put his trust in God. Let God rescue him if he wants him. For he said, I'm God's son. Can you imagine? Can't you just hear the devil behind that? Let God save him if God even wants him. I can just hear the devil. I, I believe these mockings as people walk by, they weren't speaking of their own thoughts. There was, I believe, every demon in hell was surrounding that place. They were having a field day, a heyday. They were having a party as Jesus died on that cross. And as people came by, the devils were speaking through them. He says he's God's son. Let God rescue him if he wants him. I bet God doesn't even, I bet he's not even really God's son. They're just mocking and mocking and mocking. But listen, the devil, the devil's speaking. But understand this, there's always something more happening than what you can see. That's what faith says. There's something more than what I can see. When I get in my car, I can't see everything happening. I know there's something more, I just can't see it. I know there's something living in my walls, but I can't see it. Listen, I know there's something living in me, I just can't see it. I know God's up to something, I just can't see it, but I believe it. Listen, I might be facing something in my life and the devil's standing there mocking me, but I know there's something happening that I can't see. I know God's up to something, I just can't see it. So he took on, when Jesus died on that cross, he, was, he knew everything that was gonna happen to him. He knew everything he was doing. And as he died on that cross, it says darkness covered the land. Darkness came across the land. And I believe at that moment, as the darkness came for three hours, I believe Jesus took the full brunt, the full blow of sickness and disease on his body. And it would have been too terrible to look at. It would have been too grotesque to look at. God, God himself turned away, perhaps from even looking at Jesus on that cross as he took the full blow of, of every disease known to man. In the book of Psalms, it talks about what Jesus did on that cross. And one of the Psalms says, all of my bones are out of joint. I believe he took on arthritis on that cross. The full blow of our full blown arthritis. I believe he took on every sickness that you can think of. I believe every cancer you can think of, everything you can name, it was put on his body. Tumors put on his body. Things put, it just, it just tore his body to pieces as he hung there on that cross. Nobody could have stood to look at him. It says in Isaiah 53, and they referenced this this morning in the drama they did. 
It says he's despised and rejected of man, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. We hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Go to the next verse. But surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken by God, smitten and afflicted. But he was wounded, for he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Listen, I love that. And they said it in the thing, it's, it's in the past tense. Sometimes we think I'm waiting on God to decide if he wants to heal me or not. He already decided. He already decided when he sent Jesus to the cross, he was going to take on everything. He was going to take on the curse. He was going to take on sin. He was going to take on sickness. He was going to take on disease. Anything you might face in this life, Jesus took it on himself. But we think, man, it's, it's up to me to carry my cross. Yeah, you got to carry your cross, but that doesn't mean you got to carry sickness. Jesus took sickness. Jesus took disease. Jesus took your grief. Jesus took it all. He purchased your forgiveness, healing, and he mentions peace in there. Even your peace. You know, sometimes we go through things in our life that just are so, break us down mentally, but no, no, no. Jesus took our peace on him. Listen, he gave us his peace. We've got the peace of God. Look at John chapter 19. The final words of Jesus as he hung on that cross in verse 30. He just said three simple words. It is finished. I know that phrase in Spanish too, consumato es. That's my Spanish for the day. To those standing by, they probably thought he meant his suffering it's finished. They probably meant he was saying, my life is finished. It's finished. I bet the devil thought it was finished. The devil thought he was the biggest winner. The religious people thought it was finished. They thought we're never going to hear from this guy again. Famous last words. But Jesus wasn't looking at the cross the way they were. See, they were looking at it as the end. For him, it wasn't the end. When he said, it is finished, he was declaring victory. Hey, it's finished. I win. I'm a winner. It's finished. That's what he was saying to the devil. Devil, the battle's over. You lost. You lost. Because now Jesus, come on. The battle was over. The devil just didn't know it yet. Because for the next couple days, I bet the devil was having a party. I bet he was celebrating. All him and his demon buddies, they were having the biggest party in hell you've ever seen. But he wasn't smart enough to know what God was up to. Come on, I'll say it. The devil wasn't smart enough. He couldn't figure out what God was up to. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says this. We speak a wisdom among the mature, not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. 
He's talking about the devil. The rulers of the darkness of this world are nothing. On the contrary, we speak God's hidden wisdom in a mystery, a wisdom God predestined before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age knew this wisdom. If they'd known it, they wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory, but they did, and it's over, and he won. See, the devil didn't get it. He didn't understand, but when Jesus won the victory, he gave it to us. And it became our victory. See, if you live by what you see, you'll never step into the plan that he has for you. If, you, if you're just living by what you can see, you'll never step into victory. You'll never step into all that God has for you. Put that next verse up. As is written, verse 9, what I did not see and ear did not hear and what never entered the human mind, God prepared for those who love him. Listen, he's got so much better in store for you because what Jesus did for you was he won the victory. When Jesus went to that cross, it wasn't the end. Listen, the devil was feeling good on Friday. He thought he won on Friday. He thought he won on Saturday. But then Sunday morning rolled around. Come on. We read this at the beginning of service. The ground began to shake. I bet the devil was trembling in his shoes saying, what is that noise? What's going on? Why is the ground shaking? Come on, demons, give me a report. What's happening? And they said, something's going on at the tomb. What do you mean? What, what is, we, we killed that guy. No, I don't know. Something's, there's light coming out of the tomb. And then the stone rolled away all by itself. And an angel sat on top of the grave. The soldiers that were guarding that tomb were so afraid, they became like dead men and fell down. The devil thought he won, but he found out he was a loser. Because Jesus, as he stepped out of that grave, he put his, head, his foot on the devil's head and he took back the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Come on. Death, hell, and the grave got split wide open and Jesus walked out in victory. Come on, he, you've already won. I wanna go here just for a second, John chapter 11. I want you to see this this morning. In verse 21, Jesus comes to the tomb of Lazarus. He's coming to a hopeless situation. Lazarus had been put in the grave. He's been there three or four days. He's been dead. Martha says to Jesus, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would, have, would not have died. Yet even now I know whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus listened to his answer. Your brother will rise again. He knew what he was going to do. Martha didn't get it. Listen to what she says. I know he will rise again at the resurrection in the last day. Lord, I know just a few more weary days and then we'll fly away lord i believe that i believe it listen to jesus response i am now there's something powerful we could stop and just talk about the i am all he had to say was i am i am see that's a reference to god himself yahweh that's how he revealed himself to moses at the burning bush i am he says i am the resurrection and the life the one who believes in me will never die. Even uh, the one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never 
die. Now listen to something. He has not, when he, at this story, he had not yet gone to the cross. How could he say, I'm the resurrection and the life? Listen, he wasn't living by what he could see. He, he, was, he was using faith to pull something from the future that hadn't even happened yet. But he says this, I am the resurrection right now. I'm the resurrection right now if you believe in me. I want you to catch something this morning because a lot of Christians are like, Martha, I'm sitting around waiting for Jesus to come back and fix everything. And I, I'm, listen, I'm waiting for Jesus to come back too. I be, I'm, that's going to be a great day. But I don't have to wait to live in resurrection power. Amen. He's already given me resurrection power. He's already alive in me. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Are you catching this? He lives in me. Amen. Listen, Jesus wasn't sitting around waiting for Easter morning to say he's the resurrection and the life. He already had it. And you already have it too. If we're waiting on the resurrection, we're missing the point because Jesus was saying, it's not a win moment. I am the resurrection. If you have Jesus in you, you have life right now. You have victory today. Let me get ready to close with this. Ephesians chapter two, verse four. This is the passion translation, but God still loved us with such great love He's so rich in compassion and mercy, even when we were dead and doomed in our many sins. Does that relate to anybody? You were dead and doomed in your many sins. He united us into the very life of Christ and saved us by his wonderful grace. Listen to verse six. And then, now listen, so here's what God did for you. Catch this just for a second. You were dead in sin, yeah? God, God raised you back up, but listen, he didn't stop there. If you were at the Seder meal on Wednesday night, wasn't that a great time? Praise the Lord. Thank you for being a part of that and for Pastor Kim for leading that. There's this poem in there that says, Dienu, it would have been enough. If God had just, listen, if God had just saved us and forgiven our sins, it would have been enough. But listen, he's not the God of just enough. He's the God of more than enough. And he does everything in excess. So what he did for you, he didn't just forgive your sins. He didn't just redeem you. He made you a child of God. Come on, that's, that's more than enough. And then he, he went further. Look what he did. He raised us up in verse 6. With Christ, the exalted one, we ascended with him into glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm. For we are now co-seated as one with Christ. You are a joint heir. You, I like that. You're co-seated with Christ. Come on. He does everything well. He raised you up. Listen, you're already raised. Just like Jesus said, I'm the resurrection now, before he went to the cross, you can say, I'm already raised. I'm already seated. I'm already with God. I already have the authority because Jesus gave it to me. I've got authority over every sickness, every disease, everything that might try to come against my family. I've got authority in the name of Jesus because of what he did for me. He's not the God of more than enough. He's not the God of just enough. He's the God of more than enough. Listen, he seated me above, above fear. He seated me above sickness and disease. He seated me above depression. 
above worry, above demonic strongholds. I got to stop looking at what I have in the natural. And I got to start understanding that I'm seated with Christ. You got to see yourself as seated now. Understand you're seated. That's what he did for you. We're living the resurrection power now. I'm going to try to, to skip to the end here to where the good, the good part. Listen, one day when this life is over on this earth, you will step into the heavenly realm. There will be no, there'll be no time gap. There'll be no time for you in the grave. You just go from one life to the next. Life for you never ends. That's how Jesus can say, if you believe in me, you'll never die. Because you are not your body, your spirit. You are a spirit and you live in a body. One day this body will drop, but that does not mean your life is over. Now, if you don't know Jesus, that's the end. There's an eternity to spend somewhere. But Jesus made it so we could spend eternity with him. But just because you die does not mean this life is over. See, the apostles understood this. That's why when it came time for each one of them to face death, they didn't shrink back. They said, bring it on. Come on. They told, they told the apostle James, hey, we're going to cut off your head. Come on. You can't stop me. You can, all you can do is stop this body. You can't stop me. When they told the apostle John, we're going to boil you in oil and kill you. Come on, do it. Do your best. They couldn't kill that guy. They dumped him in boiling oil. They couldn't kill him. Hey, when it come, came time for Andrew to die, they said, we're going to crucify you for your preaching about Jesus. He said, come on. He said, that would be the greatest privilege in my life. Are you kidding me? They took him to the cross. He had such a smile on his face. They hung him up on the cross, on an X-shaped cross, and he was just smiling. He couldn't stop smiling. And these hardened sinners who watched him as he died began to weep because he was dying with the joy of the Lord. They said, why, can you, why do you have such a smile on your face? He said, because I have the privilege of dying in the same way as my Lord and Savior. They, the people were so were so moved with conviction they went and got the governor who had ordered his execution they said please give him a pardon please take him down from the cross Andrew said no 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 nobody will take this privilege from me listen I want you to know something they understood something this life is not all there is there's something more that you can't see we're living by faith in what Jesus has done for us he's made every provision for this life but listen he didn't stop there he made every provision for the next life and that's the real life. Life never ends when you believe in Jesus. I want you to stand up with me. Bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment. Maybe you're here this morning. And listen, this, this Easter Sunday, Resurrection Day, you'd say this morning, my life is not right with Jesus. I know, listen, I want you to know you can be right with him. You can have a life that's right with God today. You can have full assurance that I'm on my way to heaven, that you're on your way to heaven. So I've heard some people say, you can never really know. I hope that one day when I stand before God, he weighs the good against the bad and my good is good enough to get me in there. Your good will never be good enough. The only way you get to heaven, the only way you can have access to God is by giving Jesus your life. 
and then you can gladly face whatever comes in this life. You can gladly step into the next life because you have full assurance that there's something you can't see. And so this morning, if that's you, you say, I need to make my life right with Jesus. Maybe you'd given your life to the Lord at one point and you know you're away from God today and you want to rededicate your life or you've never given your life to Jesus. Today's your day. Listen, if you feel the Holy Spirit drawing you, don't turn away. You never know what might happen. You never know the future, but God knows the future. I want you to have that assurance in your heart today. If you need to make your life right with Jesus, raise your hand for me. We're going to pray right where you are this morning. Maybe you're watching on video or you're in this room and all you need to do is say, Jesus, forgive me my sins. Come into my heart and make me a new person. I give you my life today, Jesus. Amen. If you pray that prayer, if you just ask the Lord, the Lord, Word of God says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. And this morning, for the rest of you, we're singing a powerful song this morning about how God brings healing. Listen, there's nothing that God can't do in your life. I don't care if it's cancer. I don't care if it's COVID. I don't care what disease it might be. I don't care what issue you might be facing. There's nothing our God can't do because Jesus paid it all. He went to the cross. He took on everything. He took on every sickness, every disease. He took it all on himself. And this morning, if you need a miracle in your life, right where you are, raise your hand for me. We're going to pray together. Or I want you to know also, the altar's open. If you want to come to the front, we'll have a team that's going to pray for you, whether it's for salvation or healing or miracles. But right where you are right now, we'll pray for each one of you. Lord God, we thank you that we have healing in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that we have salvation in the name of Jesus. Lord, miracles, signs, and wonders should still follow the word of God. And we thank you today for miracles and signs and wonders that take place because of what you've done for us. Right now, today, if you need a miracle, just receive it. Raise your hand and say, Lord, I receive today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Somebody needs a, a touch in their right ear. If that's you, come on to the front. And we're going to pray for you. Anybody else that needs prayer this morning, come on down to the front while we sing this song and we'll close out in just a moment.